The First Butterfly, Episode 6 A novel written by Jason Calibre, narrated by Chris Bander. Chapter 5 Keith arrived at Transworld's Networking's office building to find a young woman at his workstation with Tim standing behind her. She was guiding an avatar, not Lucky Lady, through a familiar jungle clearing. Tim noticed Keith and shrugged before leaning over the woman's shoulder and pointing to something on the screen. She squinted at the display, laughed, and then clicked on an icon. Keith went straight into Connie's office. Who's sitting at my desk? Hi, Keith. It's good to see you, too. Connie looked up from her computer. I'm just surprised at how quickly you replaced me. Calm down, old man. We had to cover your position while you're out in the field. She's only an intern. Besides, you're working for engineering while on the investigation. Since when do I work for engineering? Since you accepted the assignment. Standard company policy is for them to oversee all work, falling under the heading of software security, performed in the field. Didn't you know that? No. Now you do, Connie replied. It's just a little unsettling to see someone in my cubicle. Don't stress. Why don't you go upstairs and give the manager a report? His name is Phil. I already emailed it. Connie stared at him. Okay, but I'll be back, Keith said. Your desk will still be here. Connie stopped looking at him and began typing on her computer's keyboard. Keith turned away and started to leave. By the way, why didn't you tell me you were never a police inspector? Connie said innocently. Keith did not want to escalate things further. Instead, he decided not to respond at that moment and pretended he did not hear her while continuing towards the elevator. He hoped the trip upstairs would give him time to come up with an explanation acceptable enough to prevent Connie from getting rid of him. Engineering was in the top half of the 11-story building occupied by people whose pay grades were several levels above his. With enough luck, they may even be pleased with his recent efforts, and Keith knew that would go a long way towards alleviating any concerns Connie would have about his background. As he exited the wood-paneled elevator, he stepped into a piece of modern industrial art composed almost entirely of glass and stainless steel. A large floor-to-ceiling wall of opaque glass, broken only by a door with an electronic security lock, stood between a small reception area and the rest of the floor. Interposed between him and the wall, there was a receptionist's desk. A stern-looking woman sat behind it. The desk itself was an exercise in simple elegance, consisting of a clear pane of glass held up by a pair of gleaming silver sawhorses. A computer and large phone were strategically positioned to her left and right. Completing the area's decor, a set of steel-framed leather chairs sat on top of bright white floor tiles. The receptionist, with her black hair pulled into a tight bun and garbed in immaculately tailored business attire, glared at him. For the first time since working for Transworld's networking, Keith in his off-the-rack suit felt underdressed. He shifted uncomfortably. I don't recognize you, and... The receptionist glanced at her computer screen. We have nobody scheduled to visit this hour. This floor is for authorized personnel only. She scowled at him and reached for the phone. My name is Keith. 
I'm an investigator from the third floor. Keith ventured. I'm Veronica. Get out. I'm here to see Phil. I was told to go here. Uh-huh. One of Veronica's long, brightly lacquered fingernails jabbed at a button on the phone. She wrapped her hand around the mouthpiece and said something quietly while keeping her eyes on him. After typing on the keyboard and examining the screen closely, she hung up the phone with a grunt. A completely transformed person beamed up at him. Sorry about that. It's my job to scare away the looky-loos. You would not believe how many unauthorized visitors we get on this floor. And it's a sure bet that some are corporate spies. Philip forgot to leave your name with me. If he only did that, I wouldn't have had to give you my guard dog routine. No hard feelings, right? Of course not. Just doing your job. Keith said reflexively. Here, let me get the door for you. She stood, pulled out a card with a magnetic strip, and slid it through the electronic lock. There was a buzz. The door swung open. She leaned towards Keith and whispered as he walked by. Phil's style is different from the other managers. He's a good guy. Don't let him get to you. The door clicked shut behind him, sealing Keith off in a large floor of the building buzzing with activity. He looked upon an open area devoid of partitions and filled with workers, some carrying computer parts and paperwork between rows of desks, while others remained seated and typed frantically. Around the perimeter, glass-walled offices lined the exterior walls. In the doorway of the office nearest to him, a skinny, almost to the point of being emaciated, tall man with round, wire-rimmed glasses stood with a scowl on his pockmarked face. He had short black hair peppered with gray. His outfit was all black, composed of a dress shirt and oversized slacks. A dark pair of tennis shoes that might have passed for being dressy, if he did not look too close, completed his ensemble. Sitting outside the office behind a desk surrounded by a bank of computer monitors was a much more casually dressed person who possessed a chubby, boyish appearance and a mass of curly red hair. Put in a good word for me so I can have your place when they fire you, the young man sitting behind the computer screen suggested with enthusiasm. They haven't fired me yet, the man in the doorway shot back. The youth noticed Keith and motioned towards the tall man. Come in and talk to Phil. He's not doing anything important other than clearing out his office. I hate you, Brian, Phil said, with as much venom as he could pack into those words. I hate you too, honey, Brian said in a lilting voice and blew a kiss in the other man's direction. Get over here. Phil ushered Keith into a glass-walled office and shut the door behind him. I hate to admit it, the lanky man continued. But the kid has a point. He's almost as smart as me, and they like him upstairs. It's his looks. It makes those people think of him as their son. Excuse me. Keith ventured. What? You're Phil. I'm Phil Erickson, the head of software engineering. My department is paying for what you call work. He said, pointing to a printed copy of Keith's report. Did Connie seriously think that I would believe you were once an inspector working for a reputable law enforcement agency? She was mostly right about that, Keith replied. I do have experience working as an inspector enforcing the law for a reputable agency. Before specializing in online security, I worked for the city as a building inspector. Phil stared at him for a moment, composed himself, and said, You call yourself an inspector. A building inspector, Keith corrected. The engineer was silent for a few more seconds 
and then he announced that he should never have trusted. That double-dealing corporate climber. I trained her, you know. People upstairs never forget to remind me about it whenever something like this happens. Who? Connie, of course. But that's not the point. I don't want to start any trouble, Keith said, doing his best to be diplomatic. But what is the point? Bill sat down behind his desk, took off his glasses, and rubbed his eyes before looking up at Keith with a petulant expression on his face before he continued. There was nothing at the customer's residence indicating how she's stealing our product. She's dead, and I found no recent activity. Nothing at all. Aside from at least 17 building code violations, I found nothing wrong. You took time to search for building code violations? It's an old habit. We're getting sidetracked. We need to stop the theft, or Brian will have my office and we're both out on the street. What do you mean, we're both? Look, I did my job. Now it's time for me to return to my department. I still need your help. I've reviewed the work you've done for this company. Despite all the recent evidence to the contrary, you really are the best person we have when it comes to catching criminals. You seem to have a genuine knack for it. All I want to do is settle back into my old routine. My report's filed. If there's nothing else, I'll go now. Not going to happen. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Phil said. But Connie has already replaced you. You work for me now. I'm done working for you. Nope. Something that Phil just said registered, and Keith paused for a moment while processing the information. What do you mean she replaced me? He said. I saw the department's new member, but she's just an intern. My job's still waiting for me. Did Connie say you worked for her around any witnesses? If so, you have a verbal contract and I would love to nail her with it. It would be nice. Probably just the thing to knock that phony smile off her face. But my best guess is, you're out of luck. Keith replayed his conversation with Connie over in his mind several times. Why would she want to replace me? My best guess is you were a threat. You were probably too good at your job. She was worried it might occur to the people upstairs that you could make a better manager than her. She said my desk would be waiting. I'm sure she has no reason to get rid of a good desk, but that's no guarantee of a job. Besides, I know the intern you mentioned, and she's the daughter of a manager three floors above us. That's nepotism. I'm glad to see you have a complete grasp of the situation. Half the people here are related. Do you honestly believe? He stopped lifted his middle finger to a window facing the common area and waved it at Brian, who cheerfully waved back before blowing him a kiss. I would work with that lunatic if he was not related to someone important? Phil did not give him the opportunity to respond. Instead, he continued. I have good news and bad news. Which do you want first? Give me the good news. I need to hear something good. You're working for me now, and that means you'll receive a significant pay raise. I'll even give you a written contract guaranteeing your employment as one of my assistants. Phil got up and gave Keith a congratulatory pat on the back. What's the bad news? Keith asked. Here the lanky engineer slid his arm around Keith's shoulder in a conciliatory embrace. The people upstairs gave me an ultimatum. We only have until Friday of next week to stop whoever's behind God's girl from hacking into our servers. If we don't stop her by then, I'm out of a job. And just because I hate the thought of going down alone, I'm taking you and as many others as I can down with me. As if he knew what they were talking about, Brian looked over and smiled in their direction. 
and Phil quickly withdrew his arm. So, what do we do now? I don't know. Phil responded. But I'm putting you on this. For the time being, you can log on to the game and find God's girl so we can get a clear picture of what she is doing. All right. Keith replied. Just give me her X, Y, and Z. We don't have her coordinates. You've got to be kidding. We obtained that information through a subscriber's account and IP address. Since the account's invalid and her address keeps changing, you need to find the player in-game. Once you discover God's Girl's real-time location, maybe we can figure out why she's hacking Glim 3. If nothing else, you can use your avatar to track the thief manually. There's no other way. Yeah, I was surprised to find that out too. I included building a fix for that exact problem into our next expansion as one of our top priorities. We need to reconfigure our subscribers' avatars and include a stealth transponder for pinpointing their in-game position. But for now, we're going to rely on you. You don't mind working online again. Not at all. I want to do my regular job. There's an empty office next door. You can use it. Keith left Phil, walked over to the office, and found that it felt lonely. This was a quiet space that contrasted with the chaos possessed by the rest of the floor. Stepping inside and closing the door behind him, quiet enveloped Keith. Even downstairs, the comfortable buzz of other people working was a constant presence. Now that he was by himself in a silent office, he felt isolated. A laptop computer trailing a power cord sat on top of a glass-topped desk in the center of the room. An overstuffed chair was behind the desk, and a file cabinet, its open drawers appearing large and empty, sat against a wall. In a corner, a replica Tiffany lamp stood incongruously. Keith spotted two switches on the wall, flicked them, and the computer came to life as the lamp flooded the room with a dull yellow light. Keith sat, entered his employee number and password, and then followed this up by clicking on the Glim 3 icon. He entered a few lines of code as the game was loading, and a few keystrokes later, Lady appeared in a familiar jungle clearing. Avatars entered and left through the surrounding wall of foliage as butterflies danced on virtual air currents. A bright green snake slithered across the path, and a player pounced, grabbed it, and rushed off somewhere to make it a pet. Another player with a high acrobatic skill jumped from tree branch to tree branch at the edge of the clearing, turning somersaults in the air. A series of greetings cluttered up his chat channel as everyone noticed that Lucky Lady had arrived. For the moment, he ignored them and hit a function key. A window appeared on his screen with the names of avatars near Lady and their associated account owners. He scanned it and did not see Girl's name. Brian's voice boomed out of his computer's speakers. What? Keith asked while turning down the volume. I said, don't rely on the lists. I'm piggybacking on your feet. She is definitely online but can mask her virtual location. We've tried to track her several times, but every time she realizes she's being tracked by someone in corporate, she drops off the list. Somehow she remains in game, but girl's name disappears from the server tally and player list. You need to locate her old school. All right, I'm on it. He looked at the in-game messages he was receiving. Welcome back. You are a sight for sore eyes. Looking good, lady, ready to defeat the troll? I just got here. Give a girl a chance to catch her breath. He typed, and then added a command for Lady to smile, blush, and blow kisses. Almost got a party together. 
We need a sin, and everyone knows you're the best. The word sin was a reference to his avatar's class. It was short for assassin, a character geared towards hiding and striking from the shadows. It suited his job. Normally, he would join them, but he had a perp to find. Sorry, you know how much I love being everyone's favorite sin. But I'm leaving. A few more keystrokes, and a tear rolled down Lady's pretty face. Come on, you said you were doing the mission today. A girl's prerogative is changing her mind. I'm doing nothing missionary today. Maybe we'll look up tomorrow, if I don't have my hands full with something else. Lady winked. Okay, LOL. See you some other time, smiley face wink. Another time. It's been fun, Keith responded, and Lady strolled out of the clearing. After rounding a bush, she blended into the vegetation and disappeared from the other players' screens. He sneaked back to where he could see everyone and re-examined the clearing. There was no priestess, nor any indication of hidden players. Lady faded back into the brush before summoning her unicorn. Soon, she was racing towards the next zone. Thank you for listening to The First Butterfly, Episode 6, Chapter 5. This episode was written and produced by Jason Calibre, featuring the voice talents of Chris Bander and Jay Cal. Cover art for the podcast and ebook provided by Nancy Aphrodite. Theme music, Sun Still Rises, provided by Wanderbeats. Please visit our website, thefirstbutterfly.com for a complete list of attributions, links, and other information concerning this patio book. You can help support this podcast by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. As always, we wish you all the best and look forward to sharing our next episode with you. Until then, have a wonderful week.